0: Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia
1: Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the second half of the Patricia Raskin Show today. The great guest, we are talking about intimacy. We're talking about intimacy uh, as we get older. And my guest is Dr. Do- Barb Dupree. She's a gynecologist providing health care for women for more than 25 years. She's devoted her practice to midlife women since 2006. Uh, Dr. Dupree was named Practitioner of the Year by the North American Menopause Society in 2013 for her outreach and education through Middlesex MD. And if you've... Um, If you've answered yes to any of these following questions, then really listen well to this interview. Um, Do you ever have pain with intercourse? Is it more difficult to become aroused? Do you have weaker responses or orgasms? Have you lost interest in sex or intimacy? Do you have concerns about your sex life? And these are questions that Dr. Dupree can answer right now. Welcome, Dr. Dupree. Welcome, Barb. Yeah, thanks for having me, Patricia. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um... After decades of experience, why did you come to believe that this book was needed?
0: So, my background is as a gynecologist, and I've sat in the room with hundreds, thousands of women over the years, and it became apparent to me that there was a common concern around women. I I would say more specifically perimenopause and menopausal women, but that's not always the case. Around women's sexual health, a number of concerns may come up, and women didn't really have a place to go to have an open discussion about this, to feel comfortable asking questions about this. And unfortunately, our healthcare community, um, it's not very good at allowing women the space and comfortable area to have this conversation. The studies tell us only 13% of healthcare providers initiate a conversation around sexual health with women. So my thought was uh, the website MiddlesexMD.com and the book Yes You Can, A Recipe for Lifelong Intimacy could be a resource for women to maybe self-identify. And in reading through the book about some common experiences they may be having and therefore some attempts at trying to find resolution or solutions to the concerns women were having sexually.
1: Yeah. Um, Barb, are you there? Yes. Got cut off for a second, but we are talking about a very important topic. Dr. Dupree is the author of Yes, You Can... Dr. Barb's Recipe for Lifelong Intimacy. And again, she's a gynecologist providing health care for women for more than 25 years and has devoted her practice to midlife women since 2006. So we were talking about why you wrote the book, and that was fascinating. What's the most interesting part of working with women in midlife? And I'm one of those women, so in terms of my, my age. So what, what's most interesting to you?
0: Well, I think the interesting part of this for me and the area I focus my practice really is around menopause, that the ovarian function that has been critical path for women for 30 to 40 years, women really experience the equivalent of organ failure or menopause, ovarian failure, and the implications to them are so broad and widespread, and we really don't spend much time or attention in addressing that with women. So for many women, they enter this phase of more disrupted hormone production and then eventually no hormone production, and it's an opportunity for many things to go wrong, Of course, not every woman struggles through this time, but so many women do. And again, the healthcare community hasn't been particularly helpful in giving women um, the opportunity to really explore and voice that. So I think the variety of ways women experience the menopause transition has been very fascinating to me. And every day I hear a different nuanced story of, of how that has been experienced for women. But a common theme often that results from that is sexual concerns. You mean in terms of
1: desire or in terms of function or both?
0: Both, yes, both. And while it is admittedly complicated and not always as simple as connecting it to a hormone, I think just having the opportunity for women to have a platform and a place to discuss it further can help sort through that and just give women understanding about it. Sometimes there may not be a perfect solution, but if women yeah. understand a process, they're certainly able
1: to navigate it you more know, successfully. I have an interesting question about this because I'm definitely a boomer and I'm an early boomer. So, you know, in, in, our, in my age growing up, you know, I mean, sex was, you still... They didn't talk about it the way kids do today. I mean, today it's just so open. So I guess my question is, for women, you know, older, um, who might want to, you know, help themselves, whether it's through using a vibrator or whatever it is, is, it, is there still, like, shame and um, discomfort around talking about this? Do you find that among women who are older? Because we didn't come from that generation where we just talked about it so openly.
0: Absolutely, there is discomfort around this. And there's discomfort... Yeah talking to friends about it which i understand that but even their own partner so women may be having painful intercourse and never actually disclose that to their partner so it's an area that we often operate out of habit and it's it's a pretty predictable routine for especially those who've been in long-term relationships and then when things start to change and maybe be more challenging. A lot of people just don't have the language or the vocabulary to really approach a a dialogue about how that's affecting them. So sometimes it's helpful to just Use an office visit to say, I want you to go home and talk to your partner, ask, tell them I asked you about it, and bring up that you are now aware of it takes longer to arouse and it's really hard to have an orgasm and there is some associated discomfort because, you know, you're in this together. This is not a single um, event for most for most people.
1: Yeah, very, very important. So how do you... Um for example, and it's in your book, you know, when you talk about vibrators, for example, um, how do you help a woman who might, you know, that might be foreign to some women? I mean, many women it isn't, but some women it may be. So how do you work with that?
0: And and I think it is important to understand that, again, women who are in this age demographic didn't grow up with the internet when we were in those formational years, so we didn't have access to all the um, the sexual information that was maybe that is maybe now available. So I think just first being sensitive to and understanding that not everybody is comfortable in this arena. Women have cultural, religious, historical reasons for having views on you know adding a device. My goal is to really try to understand their comfort or discomfort level and then bringing it to the clinical place saying, you know what, because of the absence of estrogen now, there is less blood supply to the genitals. You are experiencing maybe decreased sensation, less blood supply, taking longer for arousal. And these are all areas a vibrator can be very effective in addressing um, we use eyeglasses because our near vision diminishes as we get older. So when we have diminishing function, why wouldn't we want to address that? And a vibrator can be an amazing tool for women to add to their
1: repertoire. Yeah. yeah, and I think, as you're saying, you're explaining it in a very functional way. And also, too, you know, and I want to ask you about this. You know, the whole idea of keeping that part of our body alive, you know, and doesn't that speak to our energy level and our, you know, just our our joy? Absolutely. And it, it's,
0: it's clearly an area of importance in both those who are single not in a relationship to maintain sexual health, but especially those in a relationship. There has been research in the past that says when sex is good, it adds fifteen to twenty percent additional value to a relationship. But when it's bad or non existent, yeah. it plays yeah. a really powerful role in draining the relationship, a positive value yeah. down about fifty to seventy percent. So I think sometimes when this topic isn't verbalized and spoken about, sometimes women maybe aren't aware of how it is negatively impacting their broader, the broader health of their relationship. But yeah. when we look at immune system and pain management and just energy, sleep, function, um, sex plays an impo- important role in all those areas of health.
1: Yeah. I want to ask you, and I know you know you're not a sex therapist, or a, a, but however, I want to ask you from all the women you've seen, do you feel that most women who are having trouble in their intimacy, for for where let me phrase this correctly, where um, there may not it it may not be happening, or it may not happen for a long time. Do you feel that's an indication of a relationship problem if, there, if, that is not a, if that's not part of the relationship? Or would you say that's not always true? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I
0: do see this woman commonly. I see yeah. women in their early, mid-50s. They've lost some desire. Again, they're kind of in the monotony of a long-term relationship. It takes longer. There might be a little discomfort. So there's motivation for them to disengage from from having sex. So my question is often, well, what does your partner say about that? Oh, he's fine with it. My Mm. response to that is without knowing the partner, you know what? Go home and have another conversation around this because I don't think he is fine with that. So I think some women, again, it's sort of a gradual slide into a different place of a relationship. But generally speaking, it's certainly a negative place. So I encourage women to go back you know have this conversation again and then let's address it if that seems appropriate. Now there are lots of reasons couples are no longer able to be sexually active and that can be male contributed female relationship. Um, so I, it's not necessarily a critical path for 100% of relationships but it absolutely is an important
1: aspect of most healthy relationships. Yeah, that's really really important. Um, Can you give us a few tips for women as they go from perimenopause to menopause and maybe explain what those, you know, what the difference is? So
0: the term itself, perimenopause, means there is still some ovarian function. It's just less predictable and precise and the ovaries are making hormones in a more erratic and sporadic way which begins to contribute to maybe some of the symptoms, irregular periods, periods heavier, closer, shorter, lighter, a variety of period-related. But then mood often starts to be disrupted by perimenopausal hormonal change, maybe sleep, maybe some beginning or early vaginal dryness, Mm. maybe some night sweats. And then menopause is when ovaries are no longer... There's no further ovulation. There's no further estrogen or progesterone production by the ovary. And there's not going to be. Ovaries aren't going to be able to respond. And that's really the complete absence of periods. And the symptoms then of the more complete prolonged absence of estrogen probably are going to have a little bigger impact to women around really head to toe, brain, brain fog, mood disruption, sleep, hot flashes, dry skin, vaginal dryness, you mm. know, irritability, joint pain. So it can be a variety of things. But of course, there are women who experience perimenopause and menopause and have none of the above. They, they mm-hmm. really glide through it without any effort. So it's interesting that while the event is pretty similar hormonally, the response to that event is really, really different from individual to individual.
1: And I think so, it's an
0: opportunity to say lifestyle matters more details matter this is where exercise can play a huge impact of how how this plays out for you, diet and whole foods yeah. and eating yeah. well and adequate I well, have found, that. Me I, have found that. I, I have found that.
1: I have found without my exercise and eating well. I mean, it's true. And, and, you know, something that you write in your book and I'd love to ask you about is this whole idea of sexy being an attitude. Because I think, um, you know, you can be sexy at 50, 60, and 70. But I'd like Absolutely. to ask you about that. And, and, but it's, it's also how you behave, don't you think? I mean, it's how you be behave. I mean, you don't have to go around flirting all the time, but it's, it's kind of that openness, I guess. What do you think? It absolutely is. And sometimes it just is a
0: matter of kind of hitting the reset button and putting more attention and intention to it because women often have been, you know, primarily functioning as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, as an employee. And I think this is a time to help encourage women to really do think about hitting that reset button and, and how they can sort of recreate with different priorities how they want things to look. And so for many women, that includes sexually. And our physical fitness is often translated sexually women who don't love their bodies that yes. that has some yes. implications for them sexually so women who while have most women under
1: or, or women who've been abused or had you know had some sexual trauma that's yes. another problem
0: absolutely yeah. and while women i think subconsciously know that sometimes it just needs to be verbalized and when you start to treat yourself in a more loving fashion, which may be additional stress management and exercise, you know, you're, you're going to feel better. You're going you're gonna to use your physical attractiveness in a different way as well, rather than kind of hiding behind what you don't like. You're going to be more willing to
1: um, share it with your partner. Yeah. Question for you. Are you a mom and do you have daughters? I am a mom and
0: I have three daughters so we okay. my husband and all my right. so why did children, you they they talk to daughters.
1: them what did you what did you say to them I would love to or or maybe what's their attitude what do you think you know has probably helped them because you've seen so much of this
0: You know, it would be great to ask them that question. I'm going to spend time with them this weekend, and maybe I'll specifically ask them what messages did they get from having their mother be involved in this career. Um, I think probably the biggest message I've wanted to to transmit to my daughters are some Uh, self-confidence, self-assuredness, and self-love. Really having, I, I think... Self-confidence just translates into so many areas of our lives. And, you know, being content with who you are and how you look um, is important. And trying to be accepting of that, I think, is an important message, especially for our young women. Mm. And then I think, you know, understanding that self-respect, sex is such a um, powerful tool and at different ages and stages we we use that tool differently but the power of that in a loving long-term monogamous monogamous relationship is really really important on the other hand used improperly is really devastating so i you know you alluded to it earlier the women who live with regret over sexual decisions even decades later it's really Tough to watch, and this, you know, I mean, it's being played out on the national stage right now in a really unique way. And I think yeah. it, if whenever we can further this conversation, it's it's going to be helpful.
1: Yeah, it, it's really important. You know, it's it's interesting because um, in two years ago, when um, what's what's the major movie that came out? It'll come to me in a second. Oh, uh, Shades of Grey, Thirty Shades of Grey.
0: And it was amazing
1: because, you know, women had thought millions of copies were sold. I mean, it was just like this phenomenon. People are saying, you know, what is going on? You know, why is there have been many books written over the years, but why this is so important? And I think, you know, it would be interesting to get your comment on it. But I think that it, it, what I heard from therapists in this field is that many times women just kind of want to surrender in a way they've just maybe been too strong and this is a way for them to you know maybe feel safe with the right partner of course so I don't know yes. I don't know if that fits in but
0: you know it certainly was a phenomenon in my practice too and women I think in, in a way benefited from it while it wasn't great literature and I can't say I could be supportive of every aspect of it that was communicated I think My way of saying this is I think the protagonist in the book discovered a sexual identity and a sexual voice, and I think it helped women maybe further that conversation within themselves to understand that maybe the sexual experiences they were having Maybe it could look different, but what would that look like? You know maybe these are aspects of it I could consider or incorporate in that that loving, safe relationship. So I do think it it furthered the conversation in a in a unique way that I, did, I didn't see it as destructive. I don't know if everyone would agree with that, but I thought it just um, was sort of an
1: interesting way to fuel imagination, maybe. Yeah, and let's close on that. I'd like you to, we've got a couple minutes left. So what would be your message? I mean, in terms of new treatments and devices you see coming along to help women with positive sexual function and good health and intimacy, what would you like to leave our listeners with? And also, where are you located, Dr. Dupree?
0: I am physically located in Michigan. West Michigan is my practice. Okay. Okay. Again, I have a presence on the Internet with the website MiddlesexMD.com and helping women understand some of the expected changes and then also with some products and devices, uh, you know, talking women through how that might be of assistance. I think one That's of good. the important things for women is to first have a conversation about this with a hopefully trusted healthcare provider mm-hmm. who can offer options about treatment, Uh, there's almost never a painful intercourse situation that we can't improve or make better, but we can't do anything about it unless we know about it, and it might take investment of time and energy. You might have to see a physical therapist. It might be using vaginal dilators, but I think if the relationship is important enough to invest in, it's important enough to take the time and energy to look into... um, what it would take to achieve your goal. There are some newer tools devised. Um, there's a device called the Fiera. It's it's like a mild vibrator put over the clitoris, bringing suction, therefore blood supply to the clitoral area, achieve, helping women achieve um arousal and and maybe orgasm. There's a medication that got approved just a year ago right now that is um, intended to help improve libido in premenopausal women. There are other drugs that are under investigation that show some promise in this area. There are some really very nicely designed vibrators. There are pelvic floor exercise tools that help improve pelvic Muscle function, therefore increasing intensity of orgasm and the pelvic health of um, urination and preventing urinary incontinence, et cetera. So there are a variety of things available to women that can be done in your own home and, and privately and um, really can make a difference.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And anything else, what would be your closing thoughts for women over 50 in terms of sexuality? What, what would you like to leave our listeners with?
0: I'd like to share with women that I think the investment in in achieving sexual health is well worth the time and effort put into it. I think where it brings individuals, and, and more importantly, maybe relationships, where it brings them is... It's hard to even measure. I have to say, women are so appreciative. The other day, a patient left my office and said, I have to give you a hug, and this is from my husband. Um, you are his favorite doctor. So I think, the, um,
1: yeah, the impact can be right. extraordinary with the effort. Thank you. Put Thank into you it. so much. All right, and stand on the line for a minute. Dr. Bob Dupree, Dr. Barbara Dupree, she called, goes by Barb. Dupree, her book is Yes, You Can, Dr. Barb's Recipe for Lifelong Intimacy. Dr. Bob Dupree is a gynecologist providing health care for women for more than 25 years. And then definitely, um, definitely she writes um, a wonderful blog too. And go to MiddlesexMD.com. MiddlesexMD.com, which are products as well as writings. There are blogs and products, so do go on the website. Thanks again, Barb, and stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, remember this uh, wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now.